Welcome to Wild and Free with Sarah and Nicole. Let's see what's on our minds today. Well, hello everyone. Happy Friday. Well, it's Wednesday for us. We post it on Friday, but this is a Wild and Free podcast with Sarah and Nicole. We did it. We did it that time. Last time we got a little bit confused. <laughs> I don't know if it names. was we. It was it was mostly me. Nicole. It was okay. mostly me. I got a little uh, ahead of myself there. And I think the problem has been that I drink way too much caffeine the mornings that we do the podcast. And so today I had one and a half cups of coffee and now I have my caffeine-free yogi spice tea. Oh that- my God. Last time you were so ramped up. <laughs> you were like, I, I drink so much coffee. I feel so- like the last two times it's just been too much and I no, it's good. It you've got voice, energy. So. <laughs> no, <laughs> you've got one. It's funny back. because you're drinking too much coffee because you have a daughter, which means you're up a lot earlier than me. Mm-hmm. I I don't have kids. And so I wake up about 30 minutes before the podcast and I'm <gasps> drinking my coffee while we're doing it. So I'm not yet like amped up for right, the day. Right, right. It's I'm almost trying to wake up. nine and I've lived a whole life this morning. I know. I've lived a whole life. I've been out of the house. Yep. I've dropped off my daughter. I talked to her teacher for a half an hour. I stopped by the yoga studio, chatted yep. with my girlfriend for a bit, cleaned the I house. I don't understand how you moms do it. I, I mean, no, we just do. Yeah. It just happens. Just... We just do. You know, it's just, I don't even know how. I mean, we're, exa- I mean, I can't speak for all mothers. I can speak for yep. myself. I'm exhausted by the end of the day. My daughter I can does wake up at between 5 and 5.30, and she sleeps with us, so she sleeps in bed. Um, and so she's, you know, when she wakes up, we really wake up, and she wakes up with the sunrise. Or, like, oh, right, uh, lately she wakes up before because she wants to watch the sunrise, and it's so sweet when so she wakes cute, up and, but like, it... Mama, the sun is peaking. Let's go watch. And sometimes I just am like, oh, you're so magical. Another and then sometimes it's like, like, I am so fucking bed. tired. <laughs> Get your foot off of my cheek. <laughs> and go to bed. And go back to sleep. But, um, yeah, I don't okay, let's know. Let's do our cards. I don't know how we do it. Oh, yes, I'm just playing with them here. Yeah, we'll do our cards. All can. right, so I'm going to do one shuffle because you saw me shuffle mostly before. Yeah. But we'll do one shuffle here just so you guys know. It's the same deck that we've been using, The Art of Attention, by um, Elena Brower and Erica Jago. And I just, I just love this deck, so I'm just going to stick with it. But like I said last time, she has that new one, that new Practice You Awaken deck. I want to. I'm getting I it. seriously want to get that. No, I want to get it for you. Oh, no, you don't have to do that. No, You're I so do. You're so sweet. As your, I said that last time, um, and we know how busy. Okay, I'm going to get it from you after the podcast. Remind me. You're so sweet. Well, but maybe. So maybe one of these days we'll switch it up and do that one because I'm really excited to check that out. Um, but for today, angels and beings that love and guide us, what do we need for our podcast today? Let's see. So first, I'm going to pick for Sarah first because that's what came to me. Sarah, today you have creativity. Mm-hmm. Use your creativity, ooh, to design your attitude. Oh, that's so good. That's beautiful. And what's the pose on here? Oh, that's a little bit of a, uh, I think that's Anjaneyasana. Yeah, that's beautiful. Okay, so creativity. And then let's see, for me today, I haven't pulled my card yet today, so this is the first one for me. Ooh, so I have today fortune. Ooh. Your inner connection yield your greatest fortune. 
That is good. That's a good one with the little child's pose there. Thank you, Elena. That's beautiful. My inner connection. That's really interesting. Okay. And then for the podcast and for all you listeners out there, let's see what we have today. This one feels good. And for you, we have purity. Seek the purity in this moment. Let's breathe to that. Let's just take a breath. Yep. That feels good. That does feel good. And if for those of you out there, so all most of these cards have a yoga pose on it. So like I mentioned, we have Anjaneyasana, we have Balasana Child's Pose. And here we have just easy pose Sukhasana. So if you want to maybe bring those into your day today, all very restorative poses, I may add. So maybe you need a little bit of that going into the holiday season. I think I need a lot of that. Yeah, who doesn't, right? I know. I've still been thinking all week about my empowerment one. Uh, oh, that's last exciting. podcast. I remember it was a last week was a shit show, and I had fallen, and I just got off the phone with the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I literally had like scraped up elbows, and I wish that the listeners oh. could have seen me, um, but I showed gorgeous. up anyways. That's right. We I showed, showed up anyway. But I, I was so happy to have empowerment, and and so creativity is good. Mm-hmm. I think this is my form of creativity right now is just... It is. You know, I had a conversation. So I'm currently working with my mentor, my coach. Uh, shout mm. out to Jackie Carr with um, Goals on the Rocks, and then she's co-founder of Rock Your Bliss <clears throat> with Mary Beth LaRue. And um, we do bi-weekly phone calls over the next few months, and... We were talking last week because I normally don't view myself as creative. I haven't. I because I sometimes in in some things I can find I have such like black and white thinking. And I think when it comes to creativity, I don't I I don't sketch, I don't draw, I don't paint, I don't do sculptures. So, you know, I don't think of myself as creative. And then this last week she helped me reframe um, because I'm doing some work uh, for my career. For my vocation, I'm currently working Yay. on some stuff for that. That's really exciting, and trying to structure my time to, um, you know, support me in completing everything that I want to get done. And so she's having me write it in my schedule, and she reminded me that the time that I get to do that is my creativity time. Yeah, like that's that is exactly my creativity. Right. And she actually had me write a mantra, like in, so, in my planner when I write down like what my schedule is going to be. I write down the mantra of the, this is I am creativity time. Yeah. Like I am creative time because our creativity looks different for everybody. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, it's not. And I think that there, that's a common theme for people who don't really? have a trade or okay. like something concrete. Um, I know for me, like my creativity is that's why I used to love doing consultant and building programs. I'm like actually doing organizational and system work. I know that sounds really boring to some of the people listening, but to be able to actually see things come together and manifest in a physical way or in a structural way is, is just lights me up. Like I get so excited. So I realized that that years ago, yeah, Yeah. it's building systems and building structures and, and um, yeah, building teams. I love it. Yeah. I think that's great. So moving in and I can see for you, kind of where you're at right now, getting creative with um, how you move in your career. Yeah. You know, and what that looks like for you. I can definitely see that coming forward. So I love that card for you today. I know I do too. That's really good. 
So um, I just want to do a quick note. Thank you to everybody so far who has reached out to us um, and told us how much they're enjoying the podcast. We, Sarah and I had no idea what this was going to look like, what it was going to sound like, what it was going to be. <laughs> it's literally why it's called Wild and Free. Because, because we did not want to have a structure. We did Well, and we probably shouldn't. No. Because we probably wouldn't have messed it up if we do it anyway. So no. it's really good that our structure is no structure. <laughs> we really appreciate that. I mean, of course, there's a few things that ground us. I like yep. to think of things that ground us, finding a rhythm, all of those yep. words that support the flow. The flow. Um, so the cards and the check-in and the content and all that kind of stuff, you know, I appreciate that. But um, we really didn't know what this was going to be or what it was going to look like or if people were even going to listen. Um, and I just appreciate Or if they could listen. <laughs> Or if they could listen, or if they would even enjoy what they're listening to, or no, we, it would make we sense. really do appreciate it. And I do have to say something funny. So my husband has yet to listen to our podcast because he said that listening to you and I talk for an hour and a half is probably his worst nightmare. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so I do have to tell one little story on yeah, that note because this do. gives a little background because I Chris Chris loves me. Chris loves I love- me. He loves, loves you. Me. And Thane loves yep. Sarah. Like, our husbands yep. love each other. That's just yep. how it is. Um, Chris calls me a second wife. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, we, we, yes, we love each we other. We all love each other. <laughs> Sarah's family, you know, Bo, yep. when Bodie counts family members, Aunt Sarah's number five. You know, like, yep. so we're, we're family and we love each other. And Sarah and I are a lot. And so at her wedding this summer, it was so funny. I'd never <laughs> met Chris's mom before. And, um... You know, Sarah had, I think there was, what, five bridesmaids, six bridesmaids, something like that. Five. Yeah, five, I had five my another one of my close friends marry us, so it was six, basically. Right, yeah, so it was six. Um, yep. And uh, so we were help, helping, because Sarah set up, the room. set up everything. Sarah DIY'd the shit out of her wedding, and it was, it was amazing. It was really beautiful. It was really beautiful, and it was a lot of work, but it was worth every single, it was worth, it was worth all of it, but... Um, so I was going to, I was really excited to meet Chris's mom because I had heard about her a lot and I wanted to be there to like support her and to help her. I know she did a lot of work for de- the decorations and the and wedding. Chris's and dad had just passed away. Chris's I dad mean, a had month just before. Away. Yeah, exactly. So I was really excited about meeting her and I went to go help her with something and I can't even remember what I said, but she, there were like these clips that were. It had to have been like just your energy. I can just picture as my, it was your energy walking it was up just my energy to walking help up her. And like, she was doing these clips and I was just like oh I would have never realized that that's what those clips were for and she just looked at me with this stone cold face and was just like you must be one of Sarah's friends and it was just like I don't I don't know if that's a compliment or not I know so and she pretty much was just like you need to help somebody else yeah she was like please go please just go go you're not helpful Wanting Alicia, so for those, Alicia, I know you listen to our podcast, so I love you, but Alicia is like so organized and really crafty. Is Alicia and- a Virgo? Do you know when her birthday is? No, I don't know when Alicia's, I got, I, no, she's not a Virgo. She's but, not a Virgo. But she's like, I mean, she's so, her. she's so good at being an adult. I know. Uh, she's really good and she's organized yep. and yep. like, organized. She, like she is the person, like yep. she, she will yep. be your point person and yep. she will get shit done. She'll get it done. But so my husband is a Virgo. Oh, Chris is a Virgo. I, that's right. And his I mom is a Virgo to too. Maybe that's where it's No, she's from. a Taurus. Oh, 
Oh, weird. Okay. She's the same as me. But um, so I'm like, we're Nikki and I are wild and free. And I, I always joke that I have a hard time being domesticated. So I'm like mm. very, um, it's just hard for me. Like I just was a gypsy. I traveled. I never had any um, intention to like get married and have a house and do adult things. <laughs> it just was not in my preview of what I thought my life was going to be. Right. Um, I'm super organized in my career because it's like my addiction. But outside of that, I'm, I'm not. And Chris is like meticulously organized. I mean, and he gets it from his mom. They are so organized and so together. And it's it's just hilarious. It couldn't be more opposite. So I can imagine like we're their, their worst nightmare in some areas. Oh my God, totally. This woman looked at me and was just like, I don't understand why you're even here. Yeah. You need She's to like go help so somebody else. Loving and amazing. And, and I she really is that. great. And I know that she, I ended up winning her over. Oh, you my, did? With my charm. Not yeah. because I'm organized, organized not because I can help her DIY anything no. but because of my charm the same way yep. as Sarah the same way yep. Sarah won her over but so charm in there that right there the fact that Sarah and I are so similar I'm not surprised that Chris listening to you and I is his worst nightmare it is it would be like but, nails on a chalkboard for him yep. so yep. you know what you know what I like to say it's like one of those things like good for you not for me like we're yeah. gonna be good for some people. Yeah, some people exactly. are gonna love it. They're gonna enjoy it. They're gonna, and then some people, and other people aren't. are gonna be like, "Oh my god, this is terrible." Stay on task, but we're totally fine. I know, totally fine. I'll take it. But okay. for those of you who are still listening after all of that, um, we do really, really appreciate you, and we also appreciate the feedback. You know, people are reaching out and, um, you know, just letting us know that they relate with what we're talking about, and that, um, and it just tells us that we're on the right track. You and know, they're giving ideas that... for content. I love yeah, that too, too because I think we have the ability to talk about so many different things. Um, but but I do like to hear what people are struggling with or um, just topics that they want to hear us talk about. Like I, I did a little Instagram post and a couple good ones came up like how did you surrender mm. and then talking more about like health and fitness in our recovery. And so eventually I think I'll we'll be able to get to those topics and weave them in. Yeah. I think a nutrition one would be really great because that's been really important for both of us in our journey, mm -hmm. especially over the last few years. Like exactly. I feel like the longer I stay on this path, like the more that I get to learn and the more that I, the more that I really do view my body <clears throat> as like a finely, finely tuned instrument, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I do think that those are great topics and all things that we really want to look at in the future. Yeah, I do too. So should we just do a quick check-in? Yeah. 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 Yeah, you go first because I'm still waking up. I'm still, still drinking up. my coffee. Check-in. Well, I'm really excited because my daughter and I are going to do Christmas cookies today. I'm Christmas oh, spirit. I am diffusing. You are crafty. So and I am I am you crafty. are crafty. So I, I need crafty. to give you you're just like bohemian, like wild crafty. Right. I just make it work. Yep. Yep. I just I'm kinda like MacGyver. Yep. Hippie. Crafty. Martha Stewart. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What did I say before? Martha on the Stewart dollar, at the like dollar, at the dollar store. store. That's yeah. me. That's yep. me. With duct tape and whatever hot glue I have left over. Yep. Um yep. but no, I'm all about Christmas spirit. I'm diffusing my Christmas spirit essential oil right now. Nikki actually has a Christmas sweater on right now that says Namaste. Yeah, Namaste. And it's amazing. Santa is doing tree pose on my sweater. And not only am I wearing a Christmas sweater, underneath that I am wearing a candy cane long sleeve thermal shirt. 
You because are. in Palm Springs, it is 40 degrees this morning. So and that is cold. That's actually cold for Palm that Springs. That's cold. Um, so, but no, I'm really excited about Christmas. I mean, what am I, we decorated on November 10th. I had my Christmas tree up. I had my little advent calendar up. So, so yeah. it's funny because I don't have a Christmas tree and I have not one piece of decoration in my entire her face right now. So we're really similar. And in some ways, no, not not a tree. Chris is Do really sad. Do you have decorations? We have a whole bin of decorations. Okay. And I thought that and most you years, any. Okay, but you do nope. have decorations. Chris organizes that. I but envisioned a box coming your way really quickly if you were nope, going to say you didn't nope. have any decorations. We're not going to decorate because we're going to go to Santa Fe for Christmas oh, this year and be with my family. And fun. it's very festive. So, you know, my dogs are going to pee on the tree if I get a tree. Oh, that's so true. I don't want to leave Wheezy in the house with the dogs and a tree. Yeah. Uh, I have right. two rescue pit bulls, and mm-hmm. one of them is kind of naughty. So, yeah, we're, like, just simple. No decorations, no nothing. I feel like... I'm going to vicariously live through you. Okay, you can vicariously live through me because we are doing all of it. We're doing all of it. Today we're doing gingerbread and shortbread cookies, all from scratch. I'm doing shortbread rosemary, rosemary shortbread cookies that I'm so excited about. So... Bodie and I are going to go do that this afternoon because Thane is um, out and about doing fun business stuff in LA today. So it's just Bodie and I. So we're just going to do all the. Are Christmas they going to be stuff. sugar and gluten free? Uh, no, not oh, these. Oh, these. Knew it. No, these are presents for people. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we're going to go and we're going to go thrift shopping and look for some really cool Christmas tins so that we so can. Cute. Yeah, we're excited. It'll be a lot of fun. So we're going to do that. We made all of our doughs yesterday, and they're chilling. Will you please post pictures? Of course. I'm so excited. Story. I'm actually going to try to do yoga pose gingerbread people. I don't know how. I don't even know what to say to that. But I'm going to try. I'm just going to try. Okay. We're going to see do how it, it goes. I yesterday I you. did make my entire, or yesterday, last year I did make my entire gingerbread winter scene from scratch. Mm-hmm. I, I was, you remember that? It was here. Yeah, I was, was there. Here. It was there. It was incredible. Yeah. It was yeah. Like shockingly beautiful. Yeah. So I think I can do it. So I just, uh, yeah. I just got to put a little bit of time in. So we're going to do that today, but, um, yeah, things are, things are good. You know, it's the holidays. So things are ramping up. Yeah. Things are ramping up. Weekends are busy. Yep. Night times are busy. There's a lot going on. And for those of you who did listen, well, it was either last week or the week before, you know, I'm all about the cozy. And I've like set, I, so I have my, my values for this year. I just reevaluated my values a few weeks ago and they ended up being connection, practice, mm-hmm. service, and Huga. And so yeah. I did talk about Huga a few weeks ago and it's a Danish term about cozy living. Yeah. And I don't just mean cozy in the sense of like a fireplace and a warm sweater and socks. I mean cozy as in... Um, how do I make my life comfortable to live in? Like that idea yeah. of slow living. How do I do that? And um, practicing that during the holidays is hard because I, we seriously have something planned yeah. every day for the next, I feel like until <clears throat> New Year's. So um, I've just been really trying to give myself that time, um, canceling when, I, when it's um, responsible and appropriate, saying, you know what, this is actually not going to work for me. This is overextending me. Um, say no when I can and when it feels yeah. right so that so that me and my family don't get overwhelmed because I know when I in particular when I get overwhelmed I turn into a crazy person yeah I am not fun to be around I don't have a good time I 
usually take it out on my poor husband. I can't show up and be present. I turn into a different person. I can't really be authentic in myself because I'm so, you know, into either, you know, we got to get here, we got to get there. I'm in a hurry. I'm in a rush. I need to be whatever. Um, and so I don't want to be that. Like, I really yeah. don't want to be that. I've been that in the past. Um, and I just really want to like take a step back. That anxiety, I just, I, I can't. <laughs> so I'm trying really oh, hard to take a step back and stay aware and connected and breathe a little bit more. Um, and so that's what I'm moving into. We are going to Disneyland tomorrow. We could have And Disneyland. it is going to rain. <sighs> I know. Yeah. Yep. It's going to rain. It's yep. going to rain. And my husband and my brother-in-law think that Disneyland in the rain is going to be so much fun. They got ponchos. <laughs> and we, we post pictures of that too. And a half year old. I'm almost not going to go. I know. And I'm going to say, if you think this is going to be fun. Go have fun. Go have fun. I love you. I don't know. I haven't decided. It sounds, I'm trying to remain really positive, but having a three-year-old in a drenched Disneyland, like I just close my eyes and I try to, you know, like bring all of like the goodness and the positivity that I possibly can, but we'll see what happens when I wake up tomorrow morning Yeah, because who knows? So, um, so yeah, I feel like that's kind of what's going on. Uh, yeah, that's my check-in. Should that's I do good. content? Should I do any content? I have quick content this week. I don't have yeah, a whole do, lot. I, just have a I don't bit. have a whole lot of content either. Yeah. So I mean, you I'm do still, yours. Yeah, I'll do mine because I'm still reading my book, Five Days at Memorial. Obviously, I didn't yep. finish it by the end of November. Whatever. I'm going to give myself a little time. Hopefully, I finish it by the end of Slow December. living. Right. Slow I living. did, however, receive Michelle Obama's new book, Becoming. Oh, I keep is, seeing that. I know. It's on. She, I would, I would vote for her to be queen. Yeah, she's she's amazing. If you want to be queen, I will vote for I I will raise my hand and I nominate. Will, like, I will run the campaign. Yep. For Queen Michelle Obama, um, <laughs> I would. I love her, so I'm really excited about her book. So I want to dig into that. So I, I yeah. need to finish this one before I can move on. Um, I can't wait to hear how that one is because it's... yeah, it's like a you know it's a memoir I think. Yep. Um, but I really respect her, and one of my dreams I'm just gonna say it and put our house. One of my dreams is to one day teach her yoga. That's it. I think that's I good. Would... Manifest that. Put oh it out God. in the universe. You know they have a house here in Palm Springs. They do. They oh, do. that could happen. Okay. Technically in Rancho Mirage, and I live in Rancho and you Mirage. Live the... Yeah. I'm just going to keep putting it out there. You never okay, know. Okay, so next year or in two years, <laughs> Nikki's going to be teaching Michelle Obama yoga. Oh, God. We're putting it out there. What is today's date? There. Let's actually know, remember this day. It <laughs> is December 5th, Wednesday, 2018. Dude, see how red my face is right now. <laughs> I know. Just... You're like a giddy fangirl. It's <laughs> really cute. I am. Michelle I Obama turns me into a fangirl. You are a fangirl right oh, now. Oh, gosh. Anyway. So I am not reading it yet, but I'll definitely let you know how how I'm enjoying it when I read it. Um, but I did listen to a few podcasts this week. I listened to um, actually uh, a new two new ones. I didn't listen to any Russell Brand, although okay. he does have a new um, uh, like special on Netflix, a new stand up that I'm really excited for. It just aired last night. And I'm going to watch that. But so this week I listened to two. One was called one is called uh, I think it's Let's. Get naked. Let's get. Oh, that's naked. a good. 
Um, or it's let's be naked. I think it's let's get naked. Let's see if this is something it. about being naked. Something about being naked. Okay. Well, something like that. I do need to, I need to figure out what this is. It'll be in the show notes. Don't you, don't yeah. you worry. Um, but it's with, uh, someone I just met at Wellspring. Her name is, oh, see, here it is. Okay. Uh, Jenny Newell, I think Newell, N-E-W-E-L-L. Um, and also who, and then she has, I think Michaela is the other person. Yeah. Michaela Hale and Jenny Lynn Newell. Um, and, uh, it was all about boundaries. Oh, that's good. The podcast was all about boundaries and self-care. my way. Yeah, totally. It was so good. And I loved how on it, they were so honest. Yeah. That's probably it, why it's like, let's get naked. Yeah, to that's just why it's like, be like your naked it, self. Yeah, it's let's be naked. I finally okay. found it. It's let's be naked. Um, that was took me. That's a lot. <laughs> I'm just going to move through that. So, the um, talk about boundaries, I really appreciated how they talked about how they felt them in their body mm-hmm. because I could really relate to they were talking about how does it feel? What is the physical sensation when you know that a boundary is being trampled on or even like a you're trampling on it or I'm trampling on it or like there's a toe overstepping the line like what does that feel like because there really is like a physical manifestation in the body when your boundaries start to get 100% and I can feel it and it's like things start to tighten for me personally I start to get small Mm. I feel like I start to get I start to get small it's like my shoulders kind of cave in like my heart starts to beat a little bit And like I scrunch my face and it just doesn't feel like I get a little, like my stomach starts to feel icky. It's especially when like, um, like, uh, when I, when I can't say no. Yeah. Or somebody, there's a, you know, someone that keeps, you know, um, kind of pushing over the line a little bit, you know, and, and I just get, I just get, I I get that small feeling. Um, yeah. So that was really interesting to talk about boundaries in that way. Yeah. That I'd want to listen to this week because um, I feel like a lot of my health issues that's been going on this last year, I don't think there's any coincidence that I've been getting strange rashes and my gut health has been such a mess. And, you know, I love research. And so I've gone down the rabbit hole quite a few times looking at the connection between our gut and our brain because our stomach and our gut is our second brain. Right. And there's so much correlation between stomach problems and mental health needs. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I know for me, um, I think I constantly live over my boundary. And I think that's a really, I think that's something that I'm going to have to always work on if I'm going to stay in the career I'm in and continue to be career motivated. Yeah. And I've been thinking about that a lot the last couple of days because I am, I am so uh, fast-paced and I am so driven and I have such an obsessive addict brain, which is honestly one of my best qualities because once I channel it, like I'm going to do whatever it is. Right. You know, and right. I'm going to do it to the 1800th degree and, and I will um, sacrifice my own well-being and my spiritual health and my sanity in the process no matter mm-hmm. what it is. And so I know I've been having so many physical reactions to this last probably two years. I mean, and we're not ready to talk about 2017. Um, I'm no. excited today that we do do that podcast because I think it's really important. Yeah. 
And I think there will be a day, but it's not today. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, that's something that I've, I've just, I was thinking about that last night because I couldn't sleep because of um, stress and anxiety and, and my brain was going and it was like, how do I take care of myself and simultaneously do the work that I'm doing and have boundaries and um, stay spiritual and sane? Yeah, I think that's such an important question. And I think that's what everyone is, or, you know, I think that's what a lot of us struggle trying with. to do. Yeah. yeah. And I remember even having a conversation with a therapist that I had um, years ago and she learned about, you know, she was mentoring um, when she was in, when she was still in college, you know, she was mentoring with someone and she was sitting in on, on sessions and uh, she was talking for, for me, she was talking about, you know, trying to help me kind of navigate this idea of self-care. And for her, um, she was walking into the session with her mentor and they were like a minute late. And uh, my therapist said, oh, I have, to use the, uh, I have to use the restroom, but I'll just wait because we're late. And her mentor stopped her right there and said, no. Go to the bathroom. Go to the bathroom. Take care of yourself because yeah. you can't take care of anybody else if you're not if taking you're not care of okay. yourself. And I, I love that she told me that because now, because I used to, because like, so I think of that, I bring it into a lot of things, but especially when, I, when I'm teaching yoga. And sometimes if I'm a minute or two late after like, yeah. you know, my start time eight o'clock and I have to go to the bathroom, it's like she gave me permission to go. Like yeah. if they have to wait a minute, that's fine. Because if I'm in, and that's just a small example, but, but it's you can a place big one. that anywhere of like, you, you can't give away something you don't have. That's a principle that a lot of us know in recovery programs. Yeah. You can't give yeah. away something you don't have. And, um, we, we can't show up fully. No. And you know, you staying at, oh, sorry, it totally... No, I'm just <laughs> thinking, and it's like great that we say that. So I think that's the other thing. I think we say like, oh, you know, you have to take care of yourself before you take care of anybody else. But the society that we live in. It tells makes us not it, to do that. Yeah, and it makes it really fucking hard. Like mm-hmm. I'm just going to put it out there because I, I, I do take care. I mean, I do as much as I possibly can, you know, and mm-hmm. I could still do more. But I'm still like, oh, my God. I've been watching The Caribbean Life on uh, Hulu. And I keep like fantasizing about just running away to the Caribbean and living in the Dominican Republic and just like drinking fruit smoothies all day long and just diving into my yoga and wellness. And, and that's not on the horizon for me right now. But, but my brain is like very aware that we live in a society where we um, are fast living. Everything's quick. It's not a lot of connection. There's a lot of stress, you know, I mean, mothers and students and careers. And I mean, there's just so much stuff that we have to deal with on a day to day basis that it's no wonder that everybody's so fucking depressed Mm -hmm. and that we use um, substances, whether it's food or alcohol or drugs or sex or gambling to kind of numb shopping to just numb the craziness because it's really sometimes hard to navigate in this society. And I think that's why I love to travel, you know, and and it's hard because I was just in Fiji for almost three weeks and I felt so at peace. And I know I'm like in Fiji, there's nothing I need to worry about, but I forgot what that felt like. I forgot what it felt like to just wake up and be able to just fully breathe and be present and not wake up in the moment I wake up like oh fuck like I have 28 emails from last night and I need to check every single one right now yeah and I don't 
So I love the boundaries thing. I, I honestly am going to listen to that one. Yeah, no, that, it was really good because it did couple it with self-care. And it was yeah. interesting because that morning um, they were talking about it. And I'd actually, the card that I pulled that morning, I can't remember what the name of it was, but it had her doing legs up the wall. And so I got done with the podcast and then I, I got listened, I got done listening to the podcast <clears throat> and then I put on some music and I put a blanket right up to the wall to like support my lower back. I put my legs up and I was there. I just was there for 10 minutes. Um, and I don't normally, I don't normally do that because there are other things that in my mind I should be doing. I should be cleaning the house. Yeah. I should be doing the laundry. I should be, you know, working on my vocation I should be you know even hate to say I should be growing my Instagram you know working on my branding blooded all that stuff um, oh, we, we need and, to have a whole thing uh, yeah, on Instagram I, I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna even bring that up but because that's like a anyway it's we'll do so that weird. Another, we'll it's do it weird. another time yeah um but I was like you know what? I'm just gonna put all of that away I put my phone on do not disturb and I threw my legs up the wall and I just laid there and it was for me and I do understand like I do you know I I come I I get in a place where um, I am, I, I do think of myself as an advocate and a warrior for social justice. And so I do always want to preface everything that I say in this area that I do understand that uh, I come from a place of privilege to be able to have the time to put my legs up the wall, to live in a safe home, to put my legs up the wall, to have somebody be taking care of my daughter while I do all this. Um, I do understand that that is definitely a privilege of mine. And, and, and so what uh, that allows me to do is then, um, move, move into that, move into it and say, you know, yeah. I, this, this is a, this is a privilege. This is, yep. um, this is a gift. Yeah. This is not something that, um, is just automatically given to me. And this is something that I, I should do for myself because, because I can, cause not, every, not everybody can, <laughs> not yeah. everybody can take that time. And so for those of us that can take that time, you know, we can, um, we can do that for ourselves and then hopefully start to make, make space for people who cannot do that, you know, mm -hmm. kind of open up the door to show people how to take that time to take care of themselves um, because we all deserve it. We all deserve that time. We, yeah. every single person on this planet deserves to have that feeling of um, feeling Peace. safe in their body, having that, yep, that serenity in their body. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I always, I, 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 that always just comes in, into my head. <laughs> so I, I feel obligated to say something along those lines. So, um, but that was the podcast, Let's Be Naked, and I will put that link on our show notes. And then there was another one that I listened to. I can't remember the name of it. I think it's Integrity or Integrate, something like that. Again, I'll put the, the link up. But it's a husband and wife couple, a doctor and then his wife from L.A. And I'm not sure what he's a doctor of, but they had Elena Brower on um, – their podcast. You can – I know. That's who I, I listened to Elena Brower. You did? No, I didn't. No, I listen to Glennon Doyle. Why do I get oh, this Glennon. to? Sorry, just joking. That's fine. That's fine. Um, but I'm trying to, I can't remember the name of the podcast, but they, uh, I really wanted to talk about this one with Elena Brower. I know we're already running long, but um, I know. this one, Elena Brower is, uh, we pull her cards at the beginning, but she's a yoga teacher. And this one, she talked about her sobriety. Oh, this is the one I was telling you about. She talked about her That's sobriety. That's why I thought I listened to her because you and I had a, conver a yeah, brief we, conversation. Yeah, we had a brief her. conversation okay. about it, but I didn't want to talk about it because I wanted to talk about it here. Yeah. So for her, she's now been so, and she talks about it very openly on this podcast. So she's now been sober four years from weed. 
Um, And I just loved the way that she talked about it because I think, especially right now, in a time where marijuana is legal. In some places. In some places. And it's being used medicinally so frequently. um, I think that there's starting to be some gray lines um, used in, in the recovery community. And I do want to preface this by saying that if you are prescribed marijuana for a medicinal reason, a doctor probably has done it for a reason. So I get, you know, I get all of that. And I can only speak from a place of my own personal experience and, and what I know personally for, for me. And then what, um, Elena was sharing in, in her experience. I appreciated that, that sometimes we can be, in recovery, we can be in recovery from alcohol. We can be in recovery from, you know, meth use or cocaine or heroin or opiates or whatever, and then still using marijuana to cope. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I know personally a lot of people who still do this. And for me personally, what I really loved is um, how she talked about the the numbing and the dullness yeah. of life that still occurs. And for me, what I use to think about my own personal recovery if, is if if I can't operate machinery, then I probably shouldn't be taking it. Yeah. For me, and that and that's that's how I feel. Or if I can get a DUI being on it, then I shouldn't be using it. And yeah. I, you can get a driving under the influence with a lot of things these days, more than just alcohol, more than just you know any kind of you know opiate or. Um, you can't get a DUI for being on marijuana. So for me personally, um, that's how I feel. And I, I really just enjoyed um, hearing somebody talk about their experience. And she was just a marijuana user. Just, yeah. You know, she never drank. I mean, she she didn't have a much of a desire to drink. Well, I think that there's something about like when, even just when we say it, she's, they're just a marijuana or they're, oh, they, when, exactly. once you start yeah, doing yeah. like really hard drugs, you sometimes are like, oh, they're an alcoholic. Um there, and, I, and I think in a lot of ways, there's, it almost becomes a more uphill battle when you are addicted to things that society deem acceptable. Right. And I think that's where that line is really hard for people who are alcoholics and, and addicted to marijuana. You know, I know for my husband, and he'd be fine with me saying this, but he was, my husband's in recovery um, nine years, and his his choice was he was a severe alcoholic and a severe marijuana addict and it literally ruined most of his life Mm -hmm. I mean he was functioning but he was miserable um and I know for me it's funny because I could I mean I could shoot more heroin and cocaine into my neck but if I smoked weed I I mean I literally felt like I was on acid it got weird you guys like I would I would crawl out of like little windows and call my mom and be like I don't know where I don't know what world I'm in but something's <laughs> right I shouldn't, and I don't, I shouldn't laugh I don't because it's serious that. yeah but it was, it was serious like I knew yeah. right away like something about marijuana and my brain chemistry it did not it didn't work, work. Uh, and I'm really grateful for that because what I see a lot of and I see this um so many times that that I hate that other people's um, experience helps me stay sober. But Mm. I see so many people who get sober, um, you know, they pull their life together. And then that idea that they just want to be normal, you know, quote unquote normal. And like for some reason in our society now smoking weed is normal Mm -hmm. and drinking is normal. And so once they start, you know, just, I want to say just smoking weed because I know, but once they start smoking weed, all of a sudden, they've got a needle back in their arm, 
and it's two weeks later, you know, and I just had that experience two weeks ago. I had to go into a apartment with two young guys who just wanted to like be normal and one's 26 and one's 31. So they started smoking weed together after they both were sober and started to drink. And, you know, I remember talking to one of them and he's like, I just want to be young and and feel normal. That's just what he keeps saying. And so I'm like, well, you know, and I always support people and their choices because I also do know that um, not everybody is going to be totally sober. For me, mm-hmm. that's the only way I can do it. If I right. any substance, I'm going to I'm going to take it all the way, yep. just like you. You know, exactly. we're going to. It's going to, and it's going to happen fast. Quick. It's going to happen quick. It's not going to be, it's not going to be like, you know, a year or two. It's going to happen fast. It's yeah. Quick. And that's what happened to these young guys. I mean, they, you know, one of them had 18 months totally sober. And within two weeks of me mm. just trying to be supportive and say, great, let's see how this works for you. If you think you, you know, can actively normally use marijuana and drink, like I support you and go for it mm-hmm. because I know we cannot change anybody and everybody has their own path. And, and for some people, they have been able to do that. But for this individual and the other one, they didn't. And they were ended up, you know, back in needles. You know, the one almost stabbed the other guy and I had to come in and intervene and get both of them into different detox centers and quite literally save their lives and save them from from the one that was in meth psychosis. Mm-hmm. You know, he was shooting heroin yeah. and meth and, and it was crazy, yeah. you know, and that's what happens. Um, God, so- it's so, what you said at the very beginning of this is, it, you know, it's sad that we have to use other people's experiences to help us stay sober. But just that story right there is such a good reminder for me because I'm the, because I'm the exact same way. I know, I I know how I use, I know how my mind works and I know that not everybody is like that, but I know for me personally, because I see, I see it in the way I do other things like my addictive behavior in the way I eat sugar in the way that I, um, in the way I drink coffee, Yep. In the way when I would smoke, in the way I'd smoke cigarettes, I'd be smoking yep. a cigarette and I'd want to be smoking another cigarette. Yep. Like as yep. I'm smoking, I'm already thinking about the next cigarette that I'm going to lit yep. with the cigarette that I'm currently smoking. Binge thing. I do it with food. I yeah. mean, I will eat. I don't let myself have crappy shit in my house. And sometimes I do and it's very active. It's like I'm going to numb out the world, but I will be eating a bag of um, sour cream and ruffle cheddar potatoes, chips, that's like kryptonite to me and it's super unhealthy, but I will actively be aware as I'm eating the bag that it's really bad. And in my mind, it's like, I need to finish the whole the bag whole thing to get so it you can get out. rid of it. <laughs> so rid of it. And, then, and then as I'm doing it, I'm like, this is how I do drugs and drink. Like, That's if exactly I need drink, right. I need to drink as much alcohol because I'm drinking right now and like, oh, I'm not going to drink tomorrow. And that right. so I need to drink as much as I possibly can. Yep. I need to do as many drugs as I possibly can because I'm not going to do it tomorrow. That is yep. so, that's just that addict thinking that it, for, it for me, that that's my addict, that's that addiction, that's addiction. and it works with anything. And it, re- that reminds me, you know, hearing that story of these two young boys and I hope that they, you know, I hold them in a place of um, hope and love and I, I hope that they're able to get it, you know, and they're able to move through this and get sober again. And I'm grateful to hear that story because it reminds me that I can't use just once, even, even 11 years later for me. I can't pick up whether, it, and and I was the same, you know, 
when I, when I was still using, I mean, marijuana was a constant. I would just, I would, I was always smoking, like either smoking cigarettes or smoking weed. It was always a constant. And then, um, actually when I quit doing meth, um, in my, I started, I, I kept smoking weed mm-hmm. after I quit doing meth and there was something different then. Like I started to get the same way that you were talking about. I, cause I, I vividly remember the last time I smoked weed and, um, it didn't, it did not work for me the same way. Like the paranoia kicked in, like all the stuff that people had always talked about. Um, I, I like hid in the back of a car because like I was so paranoid that the cops were going to get, it was so strange. And so for me, um, I do have that like touchstone to go back to of like, Oh, that, that's, that's what it's like. But I will tell you, um, I think I was two and a half or three years sober and I really, because I got sober young. I got sober. Mm-hmm. Uh, I came we both in, did. We both did. Yeah. And I came in when I was 21. Yeah. Um, I was sober for a year and then I relapsed. So I, I got sober when I was 22, but I've been around the rooms. <laughs> so did I. Since both I was 21. 22. Yeah, yeah. Really young. And um, I too wanted to just be like, like, why did I get sober so young? Like, I just want to be normal. Like mm. I got sober when people were just starting to go to the bars. I know. You know, and I already had enough. I had enough. I had 10 years under my too. belt and it was enough. But so I think I was maybe two and a half or three years sober and I struggled with sobriety a lot with different things. And I remember one time, like I, I wrote this whole plan that I was going to drink when I was 25. Yeah. Um, and thank God I called my sponsor and checked it out through her, you know, <laughs> and her response was, well, let's sure. wait until you get to 25. <laughs> you can try it. Well, it was like a week away and I was like, oh, I'm going to drink okay. for a year. I'm going to drink yeah. for a year. And then when I turn yep. 26, if it's not working, I'll come back. I'll, I'll get sober again. But if it is working, I'll just keep drinking. Drinking. And she was like, okay, you can try that. But my you experience is you don't get to choose if you get sober again. So that was the first one. And then the second time um, I did, like I actually, you know, it was so crazy. I, I hadn't talked. So last time we talked about relationships. Um, and I had been with a man for, for seven years. And I had broke up with him when I got sober and and I had to get a restraining order against him and everything. And um, when I was right before I was going to move to California, I actually reached out to him. It was the first yeah. time that I reached out to him since I broke up with him. And I reached out to him and asked him if he would bring me some pot because I thought that yeah, I thought, you talked about. The, yeah. Yeah. And I so I because I thought that I could use that. And I remember it sat in my glove box. I don't know, for a few weeks. And wow. then I finally told someone about it and I, and and I didn't end up smoking it. But it is one of those things like all of that is just that addiction. It's that addictive behavior. And I'm so grateful that I didn't use because I don't know. Like, I don't know what that's going to look like. And I don't. But also, I don't want to be half in. No, I don't want to be half present. I don't want to be half here. I don't. I want to be. I want to be all in. Yep. You know, I want to be all into the life that I'm living and. You know, I think um, Brene Brown is the one that says, you know, you can't numb the bad without also numbing the good. Yeah. We're such, like we were saying before, we're such an addicted society, whether it's cake, whether it's shopping, whether it's love, whether it's sex, whether it's alcohol, whether it's drugs. We're such an addicted society because we're overspending and we're so stressed out and we have so much going on that we try to numb those feelings of anxiety. But when we numb those feelings of anxiety, we also numb everything else. Yeah. We can't selectively well, numb. No, and I want to give a shout out. And and here's the thing. I fundamentally, I work in the industry um, extensively. And, and I do not believe every single person needs to be sober. And I, I just right. don't. I don't right, believe right, it. Right. So if you're listening, 
and you drink and you have fun and it's, you're normal, like get it. But for those for who you, right. are listening, who um, don't have that luxury, but also at the same time get the opportunity to face life as like a, um, a spiritual warrior. Like I salute you and I, I fucking respect you because staying sober, especially getting sober is, I mean, it had to have been one of the hardest things I ever did. And it, and it's not about the not using or drinking. It's about the, how the fuck do I now deal with myself and life? Right. Like I've just taken away all my tools. Uh I've just lived numb, you know, and now I, I have to show up, but something absolutely amazing happens when you live like that. When you start to just show up and you can face your shit and you can face life's shit, you, um, you get an inner strength that is remarkable. Right. I love that. Yeah. I love that you use the term spiritual warrior because I feel like that's exactly, that that's exactly how it felt when, when I, when I personally got sober, getting sober was one, was yeah, it was one of the hardest things I'd ever done and taking away those tools, but, and then also taking away my community. Trust me. It's not like I had a great community to be a part of, to begin with, but it was normal for you, but it was and normal. And I had to start from scratch with all of it, all of yep. it. You know, they say that you return back, like when you get sober, you return back to the age that you were when you started using mm-hmm. for me, that was 12. And I firmly, like, I totally, that was totally my experience. Cause I feel like when I was 22, I was learning all the shit that I should have learned when I was 12. Yeah. When I was 23, I was learning all the shit that I should have learned when I was 13. And, um, it was just re you know, not even, I don't even want to say relearning cause I never learned it. It was learning yeah. how, how to, to live. live, how to cope with myself, how yeah. to have conversations with people, how to make friends. Yeah. I mean, yeah. let me tell you what, before I got sober, I had no girlfriends. Because I either slept with their boyfriends, I was either jealous of them, or Mm -hmm. I was, you know, putting myself in a position to be better with them or fighting, physically fighting with them, to be honest. And so learning how to have relationships with women Mm -hmm. when I got sober was, uh, I, I mean, I remember getting invited to a girls night. I mean, like, what the fuck? I was six months sober and I was like, and I was actually, um, I had tickets to go to like a football game. Yeah. It was like, a, it was summertime. It was this foot, it was one of those indoor leagues and I had got these tickets and I was going to go with my boyfriend, a bunch of his friends. And this person was like, no, you, you really should. My mentor at the time said, you know, you really need to come to this girl's night. I was like, were you fucking kidding me? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go hang out with a bunch of, I'm supposed to go to a game. Like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I, it just, it didn't. It just didn't occur to me to have relationships with, with women. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, and, and now, we, and now, you know, my, my girls, my women, you know, my yeah. ladies are my, you know, they're my heart and I my mean, soul. Like they're my everything. It is. So it's just relearning how to do everything. And I don't want to ever have to relearn how to do it because it was so hard. I don't ever want to go. No, through I don't. Again. I don't ever want to so start over. I don't even want to mess around with any of that. And so I appreciate kind of like to bring it back full circle. Cause as you can hear, Sarah and I go off on tangents, um, but bring it back full circle. I appreciate hearing a plethora of experiences with recovery and sobriety because they yeah. all do look different. And yeah. you know, some people, some people can, you know, smoke yeah. pot and still maintain their sobriety and, yeah. and good for them. I got, I use this terms a lot today, but like good for you, not for me. Yeah. And you that's know? the key though, is figuring out in our lives and in our recovery, 
what those things are. Like, what is a good for you, but not for me? And if Mm -hmm. you can figure out, I always tell people, it's like when people relapse or shit's just not working. I'm always like, good. Like that is, you know, it doesn't work. Yeah. That is probably your best lesson. Like knowing what doesn't work for you allows you to actually build the framework for the things that do. Like you don't know what works if you don't know what doesn't. Um, so yeah, I think that's just part of the process. Yeah, I think so too. And wherever you are in that process, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. And I know that's one of the worst things to hear, but you're on time. (laughs) You know, you're on time and wherever you are in that process, you're on time and you can and you will get through it. And there are people here to support you and that love you and that believe in you. And just remember that. Yeah. Just remember that. It's okay to be exactly where you are and, um, and reach out if you ever need anything. Yeah. Um, so that was a really long check-in and content, but I feel like we just talked our way through it. Well, it was content and check-in. That's and just check-in. how today's going to be. It is. It is. But you did mention that you listened to a podcast about Glennon. I did. I love Glennon. I'm obsessed. I know. Did did you know that I hugged Glennon? No. I I hugged Glennon. Well, because she was a researcher. She's, am I talking talking about the wrong? Who am I talking about? Well, Glennon (laughs) Doyle is a woman. You guys, I'm literally just making (laughs) shit up right now. I just need to like call myself out and I'm like, who is the, oh God. Okay, Okay, did you listen to Brene Brown? I listened to Brene. Brene Brown is a researcher in the University of Texas. She's written Gifts of Imperfection. Okay, but I just have to like quickly put this up. There's like too many like, um, there's too many like spiritual guru coaches out there (laughs) that you just they're they're all amazing and unique. And <laughs> First it was sake, Elena, like, and I then mean, it was Glennon. Like, oh, God. and then what Jen, did they I mean, talk about? And they're all. I mean, they all have a very similar message. Let's be real. Like, <laughs> how do we love ourselves more, find value, and just be authentic? Like, I just summarize self help for everybody, so you don't need to read anybody. Like, literally, there you go. Self help one hundred and one. Oh, so That's true. what it is. So I listened to one of the self help gurus, Brene Brown. Um, was it actually on, Brene Brown? Yeah, it was Brene Brown. It was with Oprah. Oh. It was Oprah. Yes, with yes, Brown. that's a good and one. The only time I had to listen to it was when I was getting my hair done, which I just have to quickly put, so Nikki and I have our addiction and obsession is definitely it our looks hair. really good, by the way. Even though it's up, I can see, right I can now. see, no, I can see the color and she's but a actually, magician. It was Nikki's, we have the same hairdresser. my appointment, but I don't and live was, in Spokane. She kept like... She was going to come up here mm-hmm. and, and I kept like um, texting the hairdresser. Like if Nikki doesn't come up, can I have her? <laughs> because she books out six to eight, six out. to eight weeks eight at a time. Weeks. Like I, I had to text this girl back in September just to say, hey, I'm, th- I'm, I'm thinking, I'm not even sure, I know. but I'm I thinking know. about coming up the first weekend of December. It's like you better Put get your schedule. I have the next year scheduled i have the next of year of my hair appointments scheduled with her so because she's I was a magical like, hair fairy she's incredible it's incredible and for the first time and i'm going to get off this tangent but for the first time in my life i was i go into my hairdresser and i don't have some new crazy thing oh, so that i good. need to do to my hair and i can just do so good. the same i do the same thing to my hair with this woman every time i do it and, and honestly, that's like a reflection of, of some of my sanity mm-hmm. because I used to be, I used to need to change it. And it was like a representation of like, oh my God, I need to, I need to change myself. Like mm-hmm. it's not good enough. It's mm-hmm. not 
this enough. It's not that enough. And oh my God, this one piece. So I just go in and it's, it's so nice. <laughs> oh, I just laughed like, about this one piece because that was always my thing. My husband for the first three years, there was always one piece. piece. It always changed, but it was always yeah, one, piece. one piece. Like this one, but this one section is weird. And I've had a lot of weird hair colors. Um, so it's just so refreshing to just walk in and be like, just you just you know do, what to do do your thing she, yeah you so just listen. say that just say that to yeah Paige barker is her name I, is it z salon z. thank you i'm just on a roll today oh she's just so amazing and i'm so sad i'm i'm so grateful that you got the appointment and i'm so sad that i didn't like I felt, it's one of those things guilty. like i she actually was guilty. like she guilty, did like she it. called me on the way and i could hear it like her head was just like i'm going to the appointment I know, like, like I know, I'm, I'm and I'm happy that you here. are, because but I'm your not hair there. So I know it just needs a trim. It needs a cut. My my hair <laughs> is almost down to my um, it's down to my almost my like lower back now. I know it's gotten way too long. It just need I just need a trim. But your hair is darker than mine. Yeah, my so hair's you dark. can I don't go... color it all the time. No, so mine is so blonde that. But you know what's wonderful is like I can go three months because of the way she does it, and she's it so just good. looks like I have natural blonde hair right and I don't right but it looks like I do okay no it doesn't I know I we knew hair that was gonna happen with okay hair. that was we knew happen. that was gonna happen I'm surprised that the hair conversation hasn't come up or more gone frequently. on longer I know so I'm gonna stop it there I know because it's like five gonna... minutes so we're gonna move forward so that so yeah. that is where you listen to the Brene Brown podcast that is where and it's Brene Brown and not any of the other ones um with Oprah, but I mean, it was great. It was about courage and it was about yeah. like being authentic. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm almost laughing because it's like, I don't want to downplay everybody because we all have our gift, but it was like the same shit that everybody has to it say. It is, it is. But it? especially that one, I feel, I think, I think she recorded that years ago and she, or is it a new one? I don't know. And it's probably old, honestly. It's old. But I loved her and Oprah's connection together. Um, and a cut that I loved, and I actually wrote down a couple notes because I, I really did love it. But um, courage is being brave and scared at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I love that because I feel like um, I live in that space constantly. Yeah. It's like where things I have to go through, it's like, oh my God, I'm not, I, I, it, it's terrifying, you know, and whether it's in my career or it's some crazy project or it's this new task force or it's something, it's like, it's scary walking in and, and not knowing, um, and not knowing everything, but being like, I'm going to be brave. I'm going to show up, you know, think that's how you feel when you first started going to school. Anytime mm-hmm. you start something new or something that you actually want to do, the podcast, like, oh I mean, I feel that way when I teach my yoga classes. I know. That's Every time I, I walk in there, I still have little butterflies because I want to show up fully. Yeah. I want to hold that space for my but students. That's scary. And it is scary because, and especially yeah. when I'm doing something new yeah. or I'm introducing something that um, I'm just learning about, like Sanskrit is a really big deal for me. Um, yeah. I think I have some memory stuff because of all the meth use, but um, that's beside the point. <clears throat> but so I have a hard time sometimes with that. And so I get nervous and I get scared, but I show up anyway and I do it or like hold that space. And, um, I do, I love the way Brene Brown talks about it. And it actually reminds me, this will show, this will bring out my inner nerd a little bit too. Um, I know that you're a Game of Thrones fan. 
Oh right. my god, I love Game of Thrones. Okay. Well, in the very I am Khaleesi. I'm sorry. I just she does look like Khaleesi. She is Khaleesi. When I'm the mother of pit bulls. I've got two pit bulls, and they're like my dragons. And I, that's usually my Halloween costume. I just have to. Well, you, you pull it off really well. Yeah, I'm, you do a really good yeah. job. Um, and in the first season, uh, Ned, so Sean Bean's character, Ned is talking about um, courage, I think, with Bran. And he, mm-hmm. he says the same thing, that courage isn't the absence of fear. It's yeah. showing Show up. Um, with the fear and it's like Brene Brown says the same thing so I don't know where <laughs> I don't know if she I don't know. I, and Thrones, I, but, somebody else came up with it before but this Game is Thrones and Brene Brown it's yeah it's all it's the same thing yeah. like we show up anyway we show up um courage doesn't mean that we're fearless oh. <laughs> courage means that we show up in spite of the fear and I love how she talks about that I know yeah. and another thing that I loved is uh, um courage is 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 also storytelling and and that I appreciated because she, her and Oprah were talking about just how to be authentic and honest um and and vulnerability you know and and what that means and I feel like that's one of those principles that I've really lived m- my whole my life with but really my sobriety and I've always told the story of my mom and like why I'm alive and and where I got my freedom is from sharing my truth um and right. storytelling um, and I've, I've never looked back and I just show up authentic and honest and it's not always good. And sometimes it's scary as shit, mm-hmm. you know, especially when you have a, have a career, um, you're expected to, to be like a professional at all times. And, and a lot of professionals don't talk about their personal stories right. and they don't bring their lived experience to the table. And I've decided to not do that. I've decided to always show up and to, tell my story and, and share my truth. And it's probably been one of the best decisions I've ever made mm-hmm. because I'm able to just be me in the, in the midst of everything else. Um, right. And, and I love when other people can be honest because then we can just like cut the bullshit cut the and shit. up and be like, look, we all struggle. This is my experience. And then we get to learn from each other. Right. And we get to create that community because, you know, I, I have this, it's like this polar opposite. It's like a bipolar experience in my recovery because for the first, I think, six or seven years of my recovery, <clears throat> I was in the academic world. Yeah. And it was not for recovery. You know, I was in, uh, you know, I was in anth- an anthropologist and an archaeologist. And so I was in um, very science-based classes in a very different way in a very professional community. Um, I was a fellowship at UC Berkeley. I was a part of a a fellowship at UC Berkeley for two years while I was there. And it was a very academic professional atmosphere. And I did not find that it was a value to share my experience being a meth addict um, and an alcoholic in that, in that space. Um, And I did, I kept it very close. I kept it very close to the heart. There were not a lot of people that I told. Um, And I think, you know, I think there would even be some people that I, went to school with and knew that would be surprised if they found out that I was in recovery. I'm sure. Because I just, it, it just wasn't a space, you know, if, if I maybe would have been in a different um, track, if it would have been maybe a different, you Well, know, I don't think everybody needs to, I mean, everybody gets to decide what it looks like for themselves. Yeah. But what I will say is when I did get out of that, when I did get out of the academic sphere and I started to live into this so when I moved into this phase, when I started a new season of my life, when I took off the archaeologist jacket and I put on the yoga shawl yep. um, in this phase of my life, I will say I can show up more authentically, more of myself and create more of a community 
um, talking about my experience and, and mm-hmm. opening, opening up from a real way. And that's been my journey over the last four years is really living into, um, you know, all of myself, bringing all of it together, not compartmentalizing my life, being transparent um, and opening up that space for people just to have that community to talk about it because there mm-hmm. is such a stigma and a shame and I don't want to live into that anymore because, no. you know, I think recovery is, is available for, and, and healing is available for everybody. And the only way that we can um, open up that door for people is if they, they know that there's other people out there well, like them. People are dying. I mean, yeah. overdose is the leading cause of death for people, accidental death for people under 50. More people are dying from overdoses and car accidents and firearms. I, I mean, we've got to start talking about real shit. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because it's like, you know, with you going back, for me, going back to school was where I like actually was able to lean into my story. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and it was in my academic realm because Nikki and I are both academics and, and we share a lot of the um, good things about that. And also some of like the bad things about that. You know, my experience was I was so um, spiritual and I was way more in the wellness community before I went to school. I mean, I was like, that's when I was doing my, my raw vegan and my cleanses. And, you know, I've worked with shamans. I've worked with, African witch doctors and Filipino shamans and my family um, was in a guru. I mean, they were in a commune. So mm-hmm. I, I grew up in, in that whole realm and I really leaned in when I first got sober. And then I found school and I ended up studying my degrees, international political science, but my entire focus and research was on the opiate, heroin and drug treatment systems around the world. And I came from it from a perspective of both lived experience, but then also research on the modalities of treatment. Mm -hmm. Because what I saw was like, nobody was getting better in any of the treatments that I had personally been in. And I also had been impacted and had become a IV heroin addict, and didn't even understand how that had happened. So and then I also studied anthropology, but I studied drug culture. Yeah, I got in. And so I, you know, I was did my research went into national research conventions and and I looked at, um, you know, holistic modalities of treatment and then standard modalities of treatment. And so, and in my career, I now sit, I mean, I sit on like six different task force and I work with the regional health department and I work with the city and I work on a couple statewide initiatives that are happening. And I don't talk a lot about that because I'm, I'm not going to talk a lot about my professional career. I can mention like bits and pieces, but I went less from the spiritual side. And even though I was owning my story, which gave me um, truth and power in that, Mm -hmm. and I was able to then create a really amazing career from it, I have detached more so from my spiritual self. Mm -hmm. And that's the other thing that I'm kind of like circling back to is like, I also need to still foster that side of myself. That's so interesting because I've gone closer the that, that we've I been know. opposite. We've That's been, interesting. We, know, it's a nice but, balance though because yeah. we can balance each other out in that way. Well, I'm always going to have something that we need to to balance. I mean, and there's always, it's, a, it's always a give and a take. And I found this love for neuroscience and for, for research and, and it serves me well and, 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 and I still need to um, foster that very spiritual wellness-based side of myself 
And I know, and I'm the first to own that. I know that it has been uneven in my life. Mm. Particularly this last year and a half is it's been so systematic. So well, it goes back to that conversation we were having about boundaries. Yeah. I've lost, I mean, I've really just stepped over and I'm consciously aware Mm -hmm. and I'm still very spiritual, but I'm very, um, I'm not, I'm not fostering that. And I love one of the things, it's like what you focus on grows, right? What you focus on grows. And so I need to start putting some of that focus onto myself, my spiritual health, my wellness, Mm -hmm. you know, and really digging deep into that other side. And, and I think for both of us, when those two, when the two sides of us meet, it's a really nice, it's a really happy. Yes. It's a balance. happy little balance. It's a fleeting balance. It's, it's, fleeting. It's, hard. it's fleeting and it, I can feel it. And when it all comes together and there's like this synergy where it all comes together, it's like that academic part of me, that really productive, that really ambitious, that Aries, that Aries in me really just like comes together with this other side of me that is softened. It just is like this beautiful marriage and then it's gone. <laughs> I mean, sitting back now, um, I would have thought my path when I first got sober, I mean, I would have thought that I would be the yoga teacher and owning a wellness retreat in the Caribbean, which mm-hmm. is my dream. It's still like my secret so daydream. Dream. So I, it might still happen yeah. one day. I might be like, I, this is way too stressful, but I would have thought that that would have been my path. Mm-hmm. Um, getting sober and and something really funny happens when you do start to surrender and you do start to rebuild your life you get a completely new life and That's exactly right and it's not always what you want or, or what you expected what you think you want but it is kind of what you need and yeah. so I think for me it's like it, I I find my passion in the work I do mm-hmm. and that has that has filled me up and um, ignites me in a similar way that like traveling used to do. Right. And now it's just like kind of built, it's adding in those pieces. But yeah. that's never... really interesting. Yeah. Cause I never would have, um, sitting here as a, as a mom, as a yoga teacher, uh, living in the space like this was not, that. no, I, in my mind, you know, especially five or six years ago, I mean, I should be in the middle of the desert in Israel or in Jordan or in Syria on a dig or in, a- or in Africa, you know, yeah. digging in the dirt, looking for, you know, stone tools. I never in a million years expected that this is where I would be. And this is exactly what I needed. And there's nowhere else I would rather be either. I can't imagine. I can't imagine going back to where I was before. I was just such a completely different person. I and I and that, that that's even five years ago, even into my sobriety. So, you know, what we think we need is not always what, what we, we need. need. No. So, yeah, that's... I know. It's really interesting. Yeah, definitely. I did want to circle back because last week we said we were going to get current on our relationships. With our husbands. With our husbands. With our husbands. We were going to talk about um, our our husbands and our current relationships. And uh, we we, we actually didn't talk to our husbands about that before we made that promise. Nope. Um, and my husband very lovingly and very kindly said, could you not, uh, could you, could you not on the podcast? <laughs> and so of course there are a few things that I do want to share because I do want to be transparent and open. And I do want to say that being in a healthy, loving, committed relationship is an accomplishment for me. Um, mm-hmm. and it's one of the most amazing things, um, and it really, it really is truly one of the b- biggest blessings and most amazing things that I ever could have done in my life. 
and it is a struggle for me. It's a struggle. I struggle with it. Um, I am grateful for my husband's patience, for his time, um, and for the work that we both put in. We have inherent trust. We talk a lot. Um, and he is my teammate and he is my partner. And, um, he asks that's, that, that, that's all that I say. So and I, I am going to respect his, I'm going to respect his wishes. Um, and so if, if anybody out there does have any specific questions in regards to, um, me in regards to me or even my husband in my relationship, please email me and we can start a private dialogue um, and talk about that. I, that I don't mind at all. I um, want to jump in though and just say thank you to Thane because um, when I told I told Chris it was last week or two weeks ago uh-huh. that we were going to be talking about relationships and his face just kind of his face I don't know what happened but something changed uh-huh. it was almost like a look of like a horror yeah um and and he's trying um one of our things has always been like I really I, I'm overly needing of support for my husband because I was always in so unsupportive relationships and I always right. gave up mm-hmm. so much of myself so I'm, I always put pressure on Chris, like, you got to support me. <laughs> like, you, you, need you need to support, support this. You need to yeah. support me. Whether mm-hmm. you like it or not, which is not always Just fair. support so me. Right. I could see that he was so not into this. Like, I know. But he was trying. Like, he was scared. Yeah. And Thane is the same way. And, and he does support us. And I think, I you know, and I think it's because they know it's us. Yeah. And I think that's why. Because they know Sarah and I, they know how we talk, they know what we talk about. And they know what keeps through. And now you all know what we talk about, that we go there. Um, And there are some things that my, and my husband is a very private man. You know, my husband's in the film industry and he's just a really, he's a private person. He doesn't have a Facebook, he doesn't have an Instagram, and he would like to keep it that way. Um, And so that's me honoring and respecting the relationship that I have with him today to find that balance where he can support me. And, um, and he loves how authentic and how honest I am when I show up in our relationships. And then when it, when it does come to him and I, and when it comes to our daughter, because of the partnership that we have, um, we're a team and we make those decisions together. Uh, and so the other day, which is amazing. I mean, it's, it's a miracle. Yeah. Just that alone, (laughs) like sitting here, listening to you talk about how, you know, you two are a team and you have a daughter and that's part, I think, and I, and I want to interrupt you, but that is part of having a healthy relationship is, is building a teamwork and is cut and is having a partnership. And I think that's like the key for both of us, the partnership in a relationship and honoring each other's wishes, even if it's not always, um, it's not exactly, and it's not exactly what I want. Like I want to get on here and I want to tell you the nitty gritty. I want to tell you how crazy I I want to tell you all that stuff. And My husband would prefer it um, if we can keep some things in our life private. And I can re- I can respect that. And um, so, yeah, when I think it was yesterday, actually, in the car, because uh, he, w- he didn't listen to the rest of last week's podcast. And I was like, oh, so you didn't hear the relationship stuff. And he looked at me and said, what relationship stuff? And I was like, oh, well, didn't I? didn't I tell you that we're going to go over our past relationships and then our current relationships? He's like, what? What do you mean your current relationship? <laughs> and I was like, well, last week we talked about past relationships. And this week we're going to talk about, you know, our marriage. He's like, he's like, you're going to talk about our marriage. And I was like, would you, 
would you rather me not? He was like, yeah, I would rather you not. So, you know, and then we got to have a conversation about it. So, um, yeah, so I don't do this perfectly. Again, wild and free is wild and free. Um, But now I know, now it's noted, okay, if I'm going to be bringing up things about things that might, you know, whatever, bring, bring Thane into it. And I do think that Chris appreciates that too, because they are, Chris and Thane are uh, such supportive partners and amazing. They really are such supportive partners. Um, And sometimes so much, and Thane does the same thing, sometimes so much so that he has a hard time saying no Mm -hmm. to me. So um, sometimes I have to be the big girl. (laughs) And I also have to say, like, I know for me, and and I want to say for you too, I think um, I can, I um, hold a lot of space for a a lot of um, individuals and a a lot, just a lot in my career and in my personal life and in mentoring people and in my job. And and I hold a lot of space and I sometimes, um, I do sometimes fail with my husband, you know, I do sometimes, um, can be a bully and, and he can, and it can be easy, easy target and easy punching bag for me because, because I want to love us and it's the safest yeah, relationship that we safe, have. And it's a safe relationship. And I, and I, and I'm mm-hmm. still learning after eight years of being with, with my husband, it's like how to have a healthy relationship and how, and what, what is a marriage? I mean, yeah. what is the marriage? And yeah. so I just want to call myself out. Um, because I am not always, I do not do this perfectly. Um, but I do have a trusting, faithful, um, beautiful relationship that is a partnership. And, and that's Chris for me. He is my partner. I mean, he is, right. he just he really is. is. And yeah. he, he grounds me. And I would not be able to have the life and the career and the work I do today if it wasn't for my husband. Mm. Because quite honestly, I would be... Um, in Africa barefoot doing something else because I, I wouldn't be able to function as well as I do now. And, yeah. and I always joke that like Chris actually helped me grow up. Mm. You know, I was young. I, we've been together for eight years and, and I was, I was probably, I was 23. I was 23. It was a year sober. I got sober at 22 and, and I was young and I was really wild and free. Um, and he's always been pretty together And so he did, he helped me grow up and he taught me how to really be an adult and function in a lot of ways. And I know, I know it hasn't always been easy. And I think sometimes, um, people with him are always like, Oh my God, your wife does all these amazing things. And, um, I'm not always as amazing to him as I think I probably could be. Oh Um, yeah. Yeah. And Nikki and I both have, um, tempers mm. and anger problems mm-hmm. and it doesn't come out on anybody else anymore but it 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 has over the years come out on him and I'm I'm still working on that so yeah. that is all I have today because yeah. I'm still in progress you guys yeah I mean me too I'll just say me too on all that I know with Thane um I too I hold a lot of space for people and I hold a lot of love and compassion and um patience and time with other people and he is should be the first person on that list yeah. and he's usually the last yeah. to receive that from me um and he you know he's not an alcoholic he's not an addict he's got his own stuff <clears throat> um he's not recovery he's not in any of those things and he's got his own stuff going on but he does have an ability to communicate in a way that i've never been familiar with because he just communicates he was yeah. taught he was taught how to communicate and so mm-hmm. 
he does, he, he is able to tell me like, you know, that compassion that you give to your friends, Mm -hmm. I need, I need some of that, you know? And so like, I'm also work in progress in that area. Um, and then also the, you know, I think that opening up this discussion about anger and our relationships is is really important because I know every time I talk about me flying off the handle with my husband, I get at least eight me twos. I mean, where yeah, women I are like, too. yes, I mean, and thank and, you, yes, because it makes me feel less crazy. I mean, honestly, like, thank you, right? And right. I think there's also an expectation when you are um, spiritual and you do yoga, and you know, it's this you. There's this like certain persona of what that is, right? So like, it's like, let's oh, get God real. Forbid, you We're be not Buddha, crazy bitch. We, we have not <laughs> attained enlightenment yet there are very few of us on this earth who will actually attain attain enlightenment and so when we get there great when i get there fuck you all will be the first to know and i will not have the high highs and i will not have the low lows and i will be you know i'll be mellow i'll be even key i will not have any feeling because i'm in enlightenment at this point so until i hit there i will still you know, lose my shit from time to time. And that just, yeah. that just happens. And especially, especially with my husband, especially with my husband, I can just look at him sometimes and just think, I'm going to kill you. Or like, why? Yeah. How? Yeah. Yeah. Why yeah. and how? Yeah. And, it's... And how did that, what? And, and it's just like that anger and that rage just fills up my mind. Rage. And 99% of the time, it's not there. 99% of the time, I know I'm grateful. I appreciate him. I know how much I love him and, and, and I'm in love with my husband. Yep. Um, and then there's that 1% where I'm just Fight or flight too. And red. I do need to also say, like, I I know that I I have PTSD from when I was younger. Oh, And I know sure. that there's trauma. And so for those of you who are listening who do have a history of any type of PTSD or any type of trauma, like when... And this happens in close relationships because they're close relationships and it's a safe place. But that is often when our brain will go into fight or flight. Mm-hmm. And and quite literally, that is that is what it is. And right. when you're with someone, Chris does not have the trauma that I do. Yeah, neither does um, and, and he has different trauma, but 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 not what I what I have. And so I think probably to be the other side of that, where you don't have that. Um, to watch someone go so quickly into that mode of fight or flight is it, it doesn't make sense. It's not rational because it's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like quick. It's a switch. It's yeah, like, and it, it, it's and automatic. It. It's we, automatic. We have it because we yep. both have that trauma that we deal with, and we and we actively are aware of. You know, dealing with traumatic situations and <clears throat> moving through PTSD isn't something that you just get to fix and go through overnight. It's some. It's a. No. It's a battle. It's like. The, the layers of, of an onion. It's yeah, like you peel it, it back. It just keeps feeling. It's like, oh, fuck, I thought I worked through this. Oh, fuck, there's nope. a new layer. Oh, really? This is still here? It's been how long? Mm-hmm. And it's usually in those times with my husband when it comes up. And it's not in the moment. In the moment, I can't. In the moment, my brain, like Sarah was talking about, it's that fight or flight. My rational. brain can't get rational until I get some space. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm able to take a step back. And my husband at this point knows that he's like tomorrow or later today, it's going to be different. Yep. You're going to come, you know, and he knows, yep. he knows. Yep. And I know, but I just, I need that time to get that perspective. And, and for me, I, the one thing that I can say, especially in regards to the anger is when we first, Thane is, Thane is the only relationship that I have put, um, that I've been in for this long and put this 
kind of emotional energy into and then had that given back to me. This is the healthiest and the most loving relationship that I've ever been in. Um, yeah, and so it's the one where I've done the most work. And in the beginning, these fights would go, it's like we would fight oh. and then it would be a silent treatment for a week. And granted, Dane and I lived long distance for the first two years of our relationship. He lived in LA and I lived in Berkeley. So it it was I should say it was easy <laughs> for us to not talk for two weeks because we weren't in the same location and we were both really busy. Um, but even when we started, even when we first started living together uh, after two years, it, um, you know, the, these fights, the, the, the length of time that these fights would last would just be forever. I mean, it would be days sometimes where we would give each other the silent treatment or I would still be angry or, and I couldn't get over it. And now it really is, I mean, sometimes it's like 10 minutes. No, exactly. Chris and I have a thing, um, and, and this has come from him and his family because his grandparents were still married. His parents were married. Everybody was married for like 30 to 50 years in his family. Wow. And no, I mean, literally everybody's like divorced like five times over in mine. <laughs> and so I mean, it couldn't be more opposite. So I learn, I get to learn so much from from his experience. And so we have a thing where, you know, we, we don't go to bed angry and I can only, I can think of like maybe two nights in our entire relationship where I've gone to bed angry. Mm, I mean, I've heard about that before. Yeah. Yeah. We and haven't it really gotten there yet. I mean, we but, try not to, we, in, in these days we well, usually, works for different, I mean, it's, right. again, it's like what works for us isn't going to work for you, <clears throat> but I just do want to give our husbands a shout out. Right. Um, because as much as they love us, and as wild and free as we are, it also sometimes probably is a lot. And oh, so I yeah. just want to own that shit. Oh, yeah. Put it out. I, I do joke that he needs a support group. Him and Chris should have they, I know. made a support I know. group. Because, like, lived in the shop. Because there are, the, you know, we are badass spiritual warrior women. And um, we have a fire and we have a light and we want to shine it bright. We're motivated. We're loud. We put ourselves out there. Um, and we, we are, we're get, we're getting shit done and, yeah. um, you know, it, it, I can, it takes hear, a special kind of man. It takes a special kind of man to just let us shine do it. Mm -hmm. and let us run the show and let us do that. Yep. And so. um, our men, like, I love, I love you, Thane. I love you, Chris, <laughs> even though you're not, you listening. You're oh, not Thane, listening. Thane will listen. Oh, I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Um, Thane, love you too. You're amazing. Yeah. And Chris, you too. So, but we just, okay. I just wanted to touch on that because I don't, I, we can't get it as into it as I was intending um, on that's getting good. into it, but that's fine. I think this is pretty, I think this is a pretty good. Yeah, um, it feels authentic and honest and now we can, um, now we can check that one out. Yeah. And then who knows what we'll talk about? Who knows what we'll talk about next week? It's been about, uh, we're almost hitting that 90 minute mark. So we should probably, we should probably I don't even know what we up. talked about today, you guys. We talked about, oh my God, we talked about know. all of the things. I don't think we can let this us is, know we have, if it was good for you. It felt good for me. Worked. If it didn't work, leave it here. Yeah, leave it here and then come back next week. See what it is. Yeah. See, what, see what happens. 